dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. That's 1 Corinthians 1.10, and it's been kind of our anchor verse for this series that we began in September of last year. Last year is what we're calling phase one of our series on 1 Corinthians. We talked about chapters 1 through 4 from September through November. If you remember, in chapter 1, Paul talks about the divisions that are among them in the church in Corinth. Someone from the household of Chloe has written a letter to Paul and and has told him about all of the things that are taking place at the church in Corinth, the church that he himself founded. And it's not a good report. There are divisions among them. There are people who are picking and choosing sides over who was the best speaker and who was the best sharer of the gospel. And if my speaker isn't the one talking, then I'm going to denigrate the one who is. These issues are taking place within the church in Corinth. And then in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds them of the gospel. He reminds them that the gospel didn't come and they didn't accept the gospel because it was eloquently preached to them. He reminds them that they accepted the gospel because God opened their eyes. God revealed it to them. It was the power of God that gives the gospel strength, not the power of any individual speaker. In chapter 3, Paul then, having talked about this foundation of the gospel, having talked about the foundation of Jesus Christ, tells the church at Corinth that now their responsibility is to build upon this foundation. And they are to choose which materials, they have the choice of which materials they are going to build. They can use materials like wood and hay and straw, and those are going to be the materials of division and preference and all of those kinds of things. And when Jesus returns, it's all going to be burned up. They could also choose to build with precious jewels and gold and silver and things that would last. This is the true gospel. And he challenges them to choose their building materials carefully. And then lastly, in chapter 4, kind of having laid this foundation and talked about these things, if he's, not, if he's not an eloquent speaker, what is Paul's role? How are they to think about Paul? If it's not about who brings us the gospel, but it's about the gospel himself, what is their relationship with Paul? And Paul essentially tells them, I am a spiritual father to you. And you are to take my instructions, you are to take my commands as though it were a father given to a child. And then he kind of ends chapter 4 a little tensely. He says, and I'm going to come. I'm going to come and see how you respond to my instructions. And if you are good little boys and good little girls, what you'll do is what I say to do. You'll you'll be obedient to me, and then I will come, and it will be a wonderful homecoming. And if you're not good little boys and good little girls, it it tells us that that he's going to come with a rod, and he's going to come to punish them. And the manner in which he returns is really determined by their obedience. 
And with that foundation laid of, of trying to address the issues that are taking place within the church, in chapters 5, 6, and 7, and, and really throughout the rest of this letter that we call 1 Corinthians, Paul is going to address the way that their issues within the church are beginning to affect their outward witness. And this is, these are some chapters I'm really excited um, to, to talk about with you. I'm really excited to preach um, one of the things we talked about in the month of January when we were going through our series on transformation was we talked about the kind of church that God is calling us to be. And one of the ways that I described that was God was calling us to be a church where our people could come and they could feel welcomed and they could feel loved and honored and served by, by Christians. And they would come to a place where they could find the answers to some of life's most complex Questions, And that's a that's a big thing. That's a big thing for us to be talking about, that we would be a place where people could come to find the answers to some of life's most complex questions. And chapters five, six and seven really deal with some of life's most complex questions. I, I think that we could not be talking about these topics at a more important time in the history of our culture, in the history of our nation, as we're going into an election year, what are the what are the things on the minds of people? What are the complex questions on the minds of people? I just think about chapters 5, 6, and 7. We have issues of sexual immorality and sexual morality. What is the right, what's the sexual ethic of the Christian and why does that matter right now? We have a church that's tolerating sexual sin. I believe that's a very timely topic for us. What do we do when there is unrepentant sin taking place within a church body? In chapter 6, Paul is going to talk about the way that they disagree with one another, that they dispute one another. They're taking one another to court. And in our day and age where there's so much anger and division, how do we disagree with one another? How do we disagree with others, other Christians? How do we disagree with people who aren't followers of Christ? What example do we set? This is an answer to some of life's most complex questions. Later in chapter 6, Paul is going to talk about issues of identity. How do we determine who we are? How do we determine what our identity is? How do we determine who our identity comes from? The answers are found in Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is an answer to one of life's most complex questions as we think about it in 2024. And then in chapter 7, Paul is going to spend an entire chapter talking about marriage and singleness and, and what are the responsibilities of husbands and wives. And again, I think to myself in 2020, 2024, what a wonderful gift we have to be able to provide answers to some of life's most complex questions from the scriptures. My hope and my prayer for you is that you are going to be at Westway Christian Church. We're going to talk about things of immense importance to our culture, to of immense importance to us as a church. And I so encourage you to come and be a part of what's happening. I so encourage you to welcome people who don't have the same ethic and the same uh, level of Christian morality that we are being called to. 
and how we respond to people who are not believers determines what our church looks like. In fact, it determines the kind of material that we are building with. One of my favorite things about what we're going to be talking about is it's just we're going to find the answers to some of life's most complex questions. And I would just so love for you to come and be a part of it. And I hope to see you in February and March at Westwood Christian Church.